This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. Hello and welcome into the 24-7 Sports Football Recruiting Podcast. I'm National Recruiting Analyst for Patagna alongside 24-7 Sports Director of Scouting. And we are coming to you live the day of the new 2024 Top 247 release. And there's a lot that goes into it. Our last one was just last month. So you're probably wondering, hey, where's this update coming from? What's the context here? Well, Drew, it's big. Big focus on the quarterbacks, right? Some of the top arms in the country. That's where you're going to see the biggest, I would say, shuffle uh, among the position groups. There are some other moves that were made. Obviously, more context of what we've seen throughout the spring now as we get into the summer months as well. But, Drew, we got some good news. I want to start on a positive. Producer Lance just armed me with some information. The Oyster Boys, you, me, Lance, we are – Quickly approaching 100,000 downloads this month. We are up 69% month to month. We're at 96,000 right now. So hopefully this one puts us over the edge. There's been a lot going on. A couple of commitments. Carter Nelson, we talked about yesterday as well to Nebraska. A lot going on, but it's that's positive, right? I mean, that's that's great to hear. People are locked into recruiting even in the month, month of June. Yeah, man. Some people out there that thought we'd fail. Look at us. <laughs> Were there some haters out there? Uh, maybe. Who knows? Who who knows? No, love it. Keep it Keep it coming. I was, People- I, I was feeling good, and then I asked Lance. I said, has this ever been done before? He said, yeah, a couple times. He said, but typically it's done around signing day. And I think the last time that it was done before this, Lance, feel free to jump in here. I think it was a few years ago, 2021, which was, I believe, the year after COVID. Right when when recruiting was uh, starting to open up again, so it's a it's a good sign nonetheless uh, that you guys want to come join us, talk a little football recruiting. Lance, what we got? Yeah, so I'm I'm looking back on my notes. The last time it happened was around signing day of well, so the last time it actually happened was during the season. Nope, July 2022 was the last time it happened. So around this time last year. 
Uh, don't remember why or what happened in July 2022, but it did happen in July 2022 and also June 2022. Um, so you so know. it's not that rare is what you're saying. Well, no, I mean, it hasn't happened in a year. <laughs> That's it's good. It just means it just means we're on schedule. Yeah, right. exactly. You know, like we'll we'll get a hundred thousand next month and a hundred thousand the month after, and we'll keep going. Hell, that's, maybe that's, we'll get two hundred thousand one month. That's a big deal, guys. If you really enjoy listening to the Oyster Boys, do us a favor. Make sure you leave a rating and a review wherever you find your twenty four seven sports football recruiting podcast, Apple, Spotify, so on and so forth. If you have a question. I saw a Courtney Crutchfield question on there yesterday, Drew. I don't know if you saw that. If you have a question, that is the place to do it. It also helps us a lot. So 24-7 Sports Football Recruiting Podcast, guys, we appreciate you listening. Now, Drew, we got a, we got a lot to, to get into. You wrote a great story kind of detailing all the moves that we have made, especially at the quarterback position. You can find that on 247sports.com. But let's let's start at the top, right? we got to start with the number one player in the country. That's Dylan Rayola who you and I really got to hone in on when we got to see him in L.A. at the Elite 11 Finals. It's uh, coming into that event as the number one player in the country and the number one quarterback in the country, you're going to get nitpicked, right? There's only so much you can do. You can either fit the bill as the number one player in the country or you can disappoint. I felt like Dylan Rayola kind of threaded the needle. He was kind of more of what we expected. And at the end of the day, I felt very comfortable with where we had him. And there was no conversation, for me at least, to say, hey, do we do we need to reevaluate here? I'm with you. I think of the quarterbacks, highest ceiling of the bunch. And I, I don't really think it's it's all that close. NFL-like arm, big frame. Um, and I you're right. I mean, he might not have been the MVP, but I don't think it was a bad week. And I do think, I mean, there was still some conversations about naming him MVP in the five minutes we had before we went live on the on the 24-7 Sports YouTube post-game show for the Elite 11 Finals. Um, so he holds on to number one. Is he going to be number one wire to wire? I don't, I don't know. Um, waiting to see who that individual would be to jump him in that 32 range, right? Is it, a, is it a positional player? I don't think it's going to be a quarterback. And positional value is always going to reign big in the rankings, and, that, and that's why he's he's number one. And I noted it in the story, right? He's going to be at his fourth school or what is it, third school in, in four years. He's going to spend his senior season at Buford High School up there in Georgia. Well, guess, uh, guess who Buford opens up against? St. Francis Academy, which is loaded with power five talent, all eyes are going to be on that game. I'm making the trip up to the peach state. I've is, that what, is that what you're doing week one? That's what I'm doing. I think it's like August 19th. I don't blame you there. I'll, I'll be in Nashville at that point. Maybe I'll come join you, make the trek, right? We got the player personnel symposium in, in the music city the week before. I think it's going to be a really interesting season. Like if you want to shoot holes in Dylan Rayola's game, that's it the total lack of continuity is it i want to get this straight is it four programs in three years or is it three and three we'll go back and we'll double check it, whether it's four and three or whether it's three and three it's four and three it's four and three so and i don't i don't think people realize i mean 
the word behind the scenes is he moved to Georgia because he was going to have to miss some time in, in Arizona. He was going to miss games because of the transfer rules there. Somebody asked me, they said, do, do you – when 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 you hear that four programs three years does that factor into your evaluation i think absolutely in terms of long-term big picture yes i don't know what we can do at this point in our rankings process to how to incorporate that right that's a that's a different conversation long term could it be something yes could it be nothing sure you know, and it's one of those things we're not going to know until three, four, five years down the line what to make of four programs in three years. What I can tell you is on the personnel side of the fence, regardless of what program Dylan Rayola attended, whether it was Ohio State University of Georgia or anywhere else, there are conversations happening about that topic. So certainly that's that's definitely something that you you keep in the back of your mind and you wonder about a little bit so drew before we move on from dylan rayola any anything else there i think that is the do you do you want to call it a red flag red number with with dylan rayola that's the biggest one the moving around the high schools and we spent time with him at check-in for the elite 11 that was really my first kind of face-to-face -face interaction and i didn't know what to expect i thought i'd come out of it not liking the character or whatnot, or or I thought maybe he would have big timed us, and that wasn't the case. And yes, that is a a five minute conversation. Um, but I came out of that with a different outlook about his mentality. I'm not I'm not sure him bouncing around the schools is is really his doing. I'll say I'll say this, and this is not an indictment on Dylan Rayola, but like it's that old adage, right? recruits tell you who they are you just got to listen to them so three to four years from now if dylan rayola is not at the university of georgia i would not be shocked not taking anything away from his physical ability on the field i'm just saying that's that wouldn't be a surprise you look at the history there you'd be naive to say that hey at some point are you really that surprised to not see that coming we'll see listen and a lot of the conversations that surrounded Dylan Raoli at the Elite 11 is about Ryan Puglisi. And it's a guy on the other side that we have ranked in the equivalent of the sixth round that I'm sure had options to go play somewhere else, and yet he's still going to Georgia. So it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. Drew. Two quarterbacks remain in the top 32. Dylan Rayola is one of them. But we got a new name. Julian Sane, Elite 11 MVP. Jaden Davis, we'll talk about him in, the sec in a second. The Michigan commit. He is now outside the top 32. But let's, let's start with Julian Sane. And really the, I don't know, I, I didn't feel like there was a lot of in-depth conversation. A lot of our group was there in L.A., for the Elite 11 finals. Let's just start with your take. You're the you're the director of scouting. I mean, when it when it came to it, evaluating Julian Sane as a potential top 32 player. I think we came into the event wondering if he's the top quarterback in the state of California, right? That was kind of the big question we had 
written down. It was him and Elijah Brown. What were they like 33, 34 in the rankings? Correct. And after two nights, like that wasn't even the question anymore. It was all right. Like where does Julian say stack up with Dylan Rayola and these other guys? Um, he made it very clear that he was that guy in, in, in California. And I think with him, it, it, he was just so consistent over the course of the three days. And yes, the elite 11 was one valuable exposure point, but we're looking at the whole picture here. And I think you've said it in the past, you know, when you go back and you watch what Julian Sayan did as a, a junior at junior at Carlsbad high out there, uh, I don't want to say he puts you to sleep, but it isn't the most exciting watch, right? You're kind of like, all right, this guy is what he is. And I think at, coming out of the Elite 11 finals, coming out of the OT7 championship, right? He also participated in that, was the best quarterback there. My mindset changed, right? It was not like this is a high floor prospect where I don't really know what, what the developmental upside is. I don't know how much more you're going to get out of him. And then you see him. And I think there is more to him. And, and that's a big reason why he he moved into the 32. Also got to point back like the on-field resume. We, we talk about it so much more with the other quarterbacks, but 21 and three the past two years at, at Carlsbad. Over 10 yards of pass attempt, takes care of the football, only throwing an interception, what, once every 56 attempts. I mean, there's there's a lot to like. We, we went in depth on him after all the – Elite 11 coverage. He can make the throws. He doesn't put the uh, the football on the ground, so that's why he he slid in into that into that 32. I think this is a prime opportunity for us to kind of pull the curtain back on our thought process coming into the event. And you and I were really big proponents, and I and I, I'll I'll stand on the table here for Elijah Brown. Right, he was the number thirty-third ranked player. He's the number three quarterback in the country in the top two, four, seven. If you're not familiar with him, twenty-nine and one in a three-year resume at Modern Day, and arguably the most competitive division in all of high school football. Clean resume, pocket passer, doesn't wow you with the arm. But when it came to Julian Sane and Elijah Brown, that conversation we had him stacked. Elijah Brown, Julian Sane. And I think for you and I who had not seen either live, we leaned on the resume and we thought the skill sets were comparable. And I have to give Greg Biggins a ton of credit on this because he had seen these two live. He's a West Coast area scout. He was was the opposite. He was a devil's advocate here. It was... It maybe took half of day one in L.A. to understand what Biggie was saying. Yeah. And that was evident. And then after three days, it was crystal clear. And that's not a, that's not a knock on Elijah Brown. But what Greg was saying about Julian saying and saying, hey, he's one of the more day one ready passers in the country. That was 100%, 100% right. And then in terms of the physical gap between Julian Sane and Elijah Brown, I thought it was significant, right? So we 
have made moves to adjust accordingly. And Julian Sane is one of those guys, like, I asked him, I said, hey, going from Bill O'Brien to Tommy Reese, what gets you the most excited about playing for Tommy Reese? He said, I, I like the fact we're going to be under center. I like the fact we're going to be in more 12 personnel. I think it fits me in my skill set. And the other thing, when you watch him, I mean, he is really good off of play action. Uh, yeah, I, I do think he's one of the best there. And I I pointed this out to you. He's only one of the only guys in this group of elite arms where he like works under center on Friday nights. That like that is a thing of the past, and he can do it. Navigates the pocket well. Uh, I I was coming out of that just just the arm and the variety of different throws he can make. I was impressed with that. I think that's kind of like what sticks in my mind. And then you see him, you know, two hours later at the OT7 championship, two days after that in, in, in the finals of the OT7, and he's making big-time tosses against elite defenders, elite defensive backs. And I know it's a seven-on-seven seven setting, but I thought it was an overall solid performance for Julian Say and still think he's a guy high floor you you said the word safe but there's more to him than i initially thought prior to this this update a couple other quarterbacks just to paint the picture for you elite 11 ended on is it friday yeah an hour down the road is where ot7 seven on seven finals were taking place and we got in the car i had some lunch and much to my surprise, Julian Sam was already suited up. Forget what team he was playing for. Team pressure? Raw Miami. Raw Miami. That makes sense. And he was balling out. Now, he wasn't the only one. Colin Hurley was out there. Trevor Jackson was out there. I think those were the three. Right? Yeah. I might be missing one. But from the Elite 11 that made the move over to the OTC, I think you learn a little bit about those guys. Like I don't, I don't want to overplay it here. It's like what I was just saying about Dylan Rayola. Is it something? Maybe. Is it nothing? Maybe. But Julian saying out of the three, he was the one that came out, looked as focused as he did during that three-day portion of the Elite 11, and he just took it and ran with it. And you're like, hey, I haven't really heard a lot out of this guy's mouth all weekend. He's kind of showing me he loves ball. I right? agree with that. <laughs> so um, that was impressive to watch. Should we get the Should we get the Florida State faithful something to talk about? Yeah, Luke Croman Hawk. <laughs> right? Yeah, I, I I can't believe no one in his camp has pointed it out to us. Took a guy at Ferg's and St. Pete. Is that what it was? Uh, he got the light bulb turned on in my head. What I was, was like, our guy? I forget our guy's name at Ferg's and St. Pete. That guy was dynamic. He was <laughs> chirping us. We were on the golf simulator. I was out of a tough go. You know, we got the guy in the crowd. He's chirping, peanut gallery. And I said, hey, you want to play next hole? Yeah. Tell you what, that would give you a confidence booster. If you're out there listening, man, shouldn't have been chirping. All right, Luke Cromanhawk, number three quarterback in the country. I thought this kind of aligned with what we thought coming into the event and what we thought coming out. Upside. 
upside, but a blend of like, I don't think he's that far away. For a one-year starter, I would agree. Right. You know what I'm saying? It's like it's easy to kind of it's easy to kind of say, all right, like here are the gaps in his game, but then you take into consideration, all right, this guy was a receiver in a safety not too long ago. You're like, all right, he's he's at a pretty good point in his development right now. Correct. I I mean, I had seen him in person multiple times before. I don't, I don't you had as well, right? Or no? Was that the first that was the zone. first time that I I saw him, and and then it was for Greg Biggins, correct. and just to hear you guys kind of glowing about the frame, the velocity, the release after that first night. I mean, it became pretty clear he was one of the dudes in the group. Now he did struggle on his pro day, rebounded, and and the seven on seven stuff. But that I mean, that's only a factor of this of this whole thing. He, he kind of. He is what we thought he was. Love the Ryan Tannehill comparison for him. You know, I don't like doing these these NFL comps, but for anyone listening out there, that's it's easy to see. Uh, you know how he reminds us of Tannehill in terms of cross trained at another position, this big athletic frame, and I think where Luke Croman Hawk excels is throwing on the move, right, rolling out keeping plays alive he can run but he's not a run first guy and i've seen him take some big hits and make some big time throws and i we came out of there we wanted to know how he would stack up with with dylan rayola with these other quarterbacks air nolan there's a reason why he's number 33 knocking on the door right now saying is extremely polished but I kind of see these guys like 2A, 2B. Does that make sense? Like at the end of the day, it wouldn't, it wouldn't surprise me if. What's your flavor? Right. What, it, what, well, what, do you, what do you want now? Who are you betting on longer, long term? Correct. I know who I'm betting on. Who do, you, who do you want? If you needed to start a guy to start on Friday, who are you taking? If I needed a guy to start this week, it'd be Julian Sane. What about three years from now? Luke Kromanok. Right. I think that's the best way you put it. And I'm I'm excited about him. What he was 13 and 2 as a starter last year. Led his team to a A A A A. We got to spell it, spell it out in Georgia. State title. A A A A A. State champion. Not a state champion, state title, but I'm excited about him. I think that Tannehill makes sense. Here's the thing about him. you got to respect him as a runner. Four sevens. Doesn't blow you away there, but has a, like, has a good feel in the open field. I thought what was also notable about him, because this had been, what, six, seven months since I had seen him, is like the good weight he had put on. Dad told me he's over 200 pounds. I thought you saw that in the lower half, like in a really good way in terms of he can get absolutely clocked by an ACC edge rusher, and I think he's going to stand up. Let's give Mike Norvell a lot of credit when it comes to the evaluation of Luke Cromanhawk. When did they take him? I mean, had he even started a game? No. Don't get upset 
Florida State fans, there's a little bit of luck in this process as well, right? <laughs> I mean, you got to make the evaluation. You yeah, got you, you do, and I I you, give you them have, the credit for having the conviction to pull the trigger, right? Because that takes you out of the race for a lot of other arms that were. I mean, Dylan Rayola, he had visited Florida State. Didn't Blair say that? Like Rayola, he had liked Florida State. Yeah, like he thought he was going to go there, right? I'm pretty sure that's. I don't story. know the timing, and then they took Kremenhawk. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I think it ended up uh, working out for all parties. All right, Drew. I'm gonna I'm gonna go in order here. CJ Carr doesn't move much. I think he moved one spot. Is that right? Yeah, one spot up. One spot up. Thirty six. We, now we, we've talked about him at length. He was the guy that I expected to have the Julian say in performance. And he didn't disappoint. I think he was more of what we thought he was going to be. I, I think he has a chance. I think he's on the outside looking in, but I think he's got a chance to play himself into the top 32. The other thing that you you noted as well, we got him at the All-American Bowl, right, in San Antonio. I think that's going to be more his setting. I would agree. Um, <laughs> I, I'll, I'll admit, I didn't read this story, but the athletic – sent me the email. I, I, I guess the Elite 11 coaches were saying that CJ Carr is the most pure passer um, to head to Notre Dame in a while. I would agree with that statement. We use the word safe with Julian saying, I think you could say the same thing about CJ Carr. I mean, he checks off a ton of different boxes. Um, I agree with you. I thought, thought we'd see a little bit more out at the Elite 11. I think behind the scenes, I'm kind of one of his bigger fans and let's see how the senior season goes, right? I don't think he's surrounded by the most talent there in the state of Michigan, but I, at the same time, I don't think he gets enough credit for what he's able to do. And I've always said this, I encourage people to watch his games in the playoff. I mean, he is escaping pressure, evading pressure. I think in between the ears, CJ Carr is everything you're looking for. I think he wants to be the best I I'll think. get a lot. Go ahead. No, no, go. I had this on my uh, one of my initial write-ups of him, and it was just a way to describe what I, the way that I felt that he avoided an escape pressure. It kind of reminded me a little bit of Johnny Manziel, and I wrote that not as not as exotic, right? Not as fun, not as enjoyable, but he is he's a smooth, slippery mover in the pocket. Um, I don't know about you. I thought he was pressing in LA. Yeah. You know, I, I, I don't know if he ever got entirely comfortable. I felt like it's hard, right? I mean, social media is out there. You and I are doing podcasts three times a week. I have no idea if CJ Carr listens to our podcast, but it's like, you know, we're putting it out there. You and I both said, Hey, this is the guy that we fully expect to, to kind of come home with the hardware. Yeah, well, Cooper, you know, he's going to Notre Dame and there's going to be a lot of Notre Dame pressure. So <laughs> there's a lot of other pressure. I'm not I'm I'm just saying. You know, for a 17 year old to feel that, which I have no idea if that's the case or not, but I can see it. He yeah. is like he's he's a confident individual. And more than anything, I expected that intangible to shine through in L.A. And it did when you talk to him. I think he would be the first one to tell you that he didn't play up to the standard that he thinks he's capable of. 
But I said this to you after night one. I said, we're going to learn a lot more about him on day two than we learned on day one. Because it's all about how you how you come back, right? And he rebounded. He did. And he had a he had a really solid day too. So that was that was encouraging. We're going to take a quick break. You're listening to the 24-7 Sports Football Recruiting Podcast. Is your child struggling with a specific subject or need help with homework? Are they asking questions that you're not sure you can fully answer? IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids. It covers math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed. This program will improve your kids' grades. Studies done in almost every state in the country. The kids who had IXL are consistently doing better. Powered by advanced algorithms, IXL gives the right help to each kid no matter the age or personality. And it doesn't have to eat up all your time. One subscription gets you everything for all the kids in your home, pre-K to 12th grade. So don't miss out. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com audio. Visit IXL.com audio to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Okay, Ohio State, Air Nolan, just chipping his way up the board, man. Chipping his way. I mean, he was 47 last time, 39 now. This is where I see him. Yeah. This this is, I don't want to say this is the ceiling, but I, essentially that's what I'm saying. The lefty has thrown for more yards, thrown more touchdowns than any of the other quarterbacks in the top 247. One of the quickest releases, if not the quickest in the top 247. You know, solid at the Elite 11 finals. Again, another guy you kind of want to size him up next to all these other individuals, which is what we did. And I think even before the Elite 11, you would have you would have thought this is the spot for Aaron Oland. I agree. To me, he's like the ideal day two plug-and-play starter, <laughs> right? Like you know what you're getting from an intangible standpoint. You know what you're getting from a work ethic standpoint. You know what you're getting from a processing standpoint, and he's a winner. And in terms of the physical traits, I think everything is good. I'm not sure if there's one thing that's elite other than his win-loss resume and ability to take care of the football. Good thing about Aaron Nolan, especially if you're Ryan Day and Brian Hartline, it makes you feel so much better about the fit, the fact that he's going to Columbus and he's going to be surrounded by the type of talent that he's going to be surrounded by. I mean, the fact that he's going to be able to throw the ball to guys like Jeremiah Smith, guys like Mylon Graham, right? And the way they build that receiver room as a passer, it can complement every level of your skill set. And what I mean by that is like short to intermediate, they have it. Deep third, they have it. Red zone size matchups, they have it. I mean, it's it's a pick your poison type of offense. 
when he's a guy that lives in the pocket. He's going to be great there. And I think a lot of people kind of, it's like a little bit of a misconception about him. He's not a runner. He's a pocket passer. Yeah, he's passed for 8,000 yards, and he's only <laughs> ran for 230. <laughs> All right, let's get to the hot topic. DJ Lagway, Florida commit. Drew, you're in the state of Florida. Florida fans, they love you. DJ Lagway, number 43 prospect in the country. Stays number 43, right? Status quo? Status quo. Status quo. You want me to take the first crack or you want it? Uh, I I think we said immediately after the Elite 11, or I said it and <laughs> when I was teed up on a question that wasn't the question on the live show. That's, a, that's another story. But, you know, I liked where we had him ranked. I think the flashes are there. He has a potential massive payout. I mean, he has a elite traits. It's just not there yet. I think coming in, we, we thought it was either going to go two ways. Like he was really, really going to struggle. And I don't think he did. Like the seven on seven game was bad. But I, th I thought we saw enough to warrant to keep him right here. And we're going to see how the senior season plays out. He's one of those guys that I think, depending what building you're talking to, you could see a top 15 grade on him. You could see a top 50 grade on him. And you could see a top 105 grade on him. What I'm saying is I think there is a lot of variance when it comes to DJ Lagway and the evaluation process. And I think a lot of that has to do with beauty is in the eye of the beholder. What resources are you going to be able to surround him with? What's your level of confidence in terms of technical and mechanical development? DJ, I don't I want to I don't want to be like naive because coaching is not it's not my realm, but in terms of the evaluation side, like I think a lot of his accuracy issues, they all start with the feet and playing with a consistent base. And he is a upper body thrower and he has the baseball background and it's difficult for him because he is a big, strong, physical specimen. He really doesn't need his feet. 6'3", 231. Right. He can make every throw on the field, but in terms of the accuracy, it's going to come from playing with a consistent base. Two, the other thing I say about that, is he coachable? Is he willing to put in the work? Is he willing to do the things that he needs to do both in the film room and off the field to get him to where he needs to be? The answers to those questions in my eyes after being around him are yes. That's what I like about him. Like This guy looks like a selfless type of individual. Yeah. And I like the way he carries himself. And the other thing about DJ Lagway, I'm going to say is like, it's easy to go into this setting and he didn't make this throw or that was ugly or what's he doing here. It's, it's one exposure point. We keep, we keep coming back to it and it's, and it's a big exposure point because you live in Florida. I live in Alabama. It's not often I get to go to Texas. You get to go to California we get to fly across the country. We don't have a private plane. We're not the GM of the New York Jets. Or Georgia. Or Georgia. Right? So these evaluations, yeah, they do mean a little bit more. But when it comes to DJ Lagway, like if I'm Florida, I know what I'm getting. 
I know he's not perfect. I know he's not polished. But I know I got a chance to do something special with this guy. And you know what? Anthony Richardson was the same way. Boomer bust. And to me, when it comes to these guys at this position, it is so much more about the individual. Like, I know the toolkit. Like, I know he's got it in him. Is this guy going to put in the work to maximize his potential? And that's what would get me excited about DJ Lagway. All right, where do you want to go from here? Let's talk about Jaden Davis. I think we one we owe Jaden Davis that too. I think we owe the Michigan faithful that. I don't want to. I don't want to skate this at all. You know, and Jaden Davis a top top 32 player for us. He was the second five-star before this update. He's dropping outside of the top 64 into the third round. What was his exact ranking? 77, I believe. Yeah. I'll go back and double check that. To me, it just goes to, we played this ceiling, ceiling and floor game, right? And Jaden Davis is six foot and a half. He's, Hovering around 195 pounds, I believe. I thought he did some good things, and I thought he struggled at times, but this was not like a one exposure point type of thing. Well, that's the other thing I think we need to point out, right? We, because I think there is some people confused. We waited to make a bunch of quarterback moves until after the Elite 11 finals, right? So there was a ton of data gathered from January to the end of June, and all that was applied. We could have easily moved some of these guys around at different points, but what we wanted to avoid doing was one month moving here, next month moving there, back and forth. We just wanted to kind of wait, and that's what we did you know, with Jaden Davis. There was other quarterbacks that we waited on, so I, I think that needs to be said. And the good thing about Jaden Davis was you know, I saw him – a year ago, Elite 11 Regionals in Atlanta. I saw him this year, Elite 11 Regionals in Atlanta. I saw him head-to-head -head with Aaron Nolan. And what I say coming out of that event, that I'd probably take Aaron Nolan at that point, right? Now, Aaron Nolan, we got at 39. Jaden Davis, we had at 29. What Jaden Davis does well is that he is a excellent short-to-intermediate passer. And I think he fits at Michigan. I think he fits at Jim Harbaugh. I think he he fits with Sharon Moore. I think he fits with an offensive line that's won the Joe Moore Award in two consecutive seasons. And Michigan's getting a really good football player. Our job at the end of the day is to project where these guys will one day get drafted on the information that we've had. And I'm not going to shy away from it. I've had a lot of exposure to him. You have too. And I think Jaden Davis is a good player, but when it comes to the conversation of Dylan Rayola, Julian Sand, Luke Cromanoke, Aaron Nolan, DJ Lagway, the tools aren't the same. And ultimately, at the end of the day, it's going to be a blend of that. You, you can't just have production. So... Those are, I'm, listen, they're no, difficult I, conversations no, to have. I'm not trying to take anything away from them. I, I think 
the other thing too is like rankings are a fluid process. Jaden Davis is a guy you see as a a freshman. You don't know how big he's going to get, right? You don't know what he's going to look like. You try to project. So Jaden Davis is a guy that's always been near the top of the rankings. As the cycle goes on, you're going to gather more information, right? You're going to get different little pieces. More people are going to emerge. To me, it's a bit ridiculous for people to just assume, oh, well, you know, you guys liked him here. And now he's there. Like, I still think Jaden Davis is going to win games on Saturdays in the Big Ten. I still think Jaden Davis can get people to the college football playoff. I just don't know if Jaden Davis is going to go in the first two rounds of the NFL draft, having seen this other wave of quarterbacks. Right? We get- <laughs> I think that's completely fair. Yeah, I, you know, listen, it's not something that we typically do. We typically, it's not, we're not on here typically talking how a five-star quarterback just had his fifth star removed and fell from late first round to early to mid third, right? Coop, I was watching the NFL, or excuse me, NHL draft last night, <laughs> right? NHL draft day, organizations are drafting 18-year-olds from around the world with limited information. It's essentially what we're doing. <laughs> it's not an easy process. And there was, I don't know who the guy was, but they had to get a metric for every pick. It was like, all right, chance this guy's going to be an NHL player. Chance this guy's going to be a star. And it was fascinating to see, you know, like those kind of numbers by the picks. You know, it's a guessing game. You're projecting. It's an imperfect process. And and I guess what I would say is, you know, when it comes to Jaden Davis, I mean, we're, we're making an educated decision and an educated guess based on the information and the exposures that we have had available to us over the last two plus years, right? When it comes to Jaden Davis. I think we also need to point out with Jaden Davis, senior season, we got that. I mean, he's a guy that's going to be in San Antonio at the All-American Bowl. And he's a great kid, man. Like, you know, he'll probably come out of this not like he needs any more motivation, right? I'm sure he he continues to hear about Air Nolan, but a lot of fire under him. All right, Drew, four new signal callers enter the top 247. TCU commit Hoss Haney, Penn State commit Ethan Grunkmeyer, Nebraska with Daniel Kalen, and Texas Tech with Will Hammond. Who is your favorite? Out of this group? Yeah. I would say the way that I would have ordered them, I think once you get into day three and it comes to arms, I think it all depends on who you're talking to, right? I don't think you're going to find a lot of consensus throughout. For me, in terms of the most Sunday potential, I go with Grunkmeyer. I think he's he needs a lot of polish. I think he's got a ways to go. But you think about him going into a room with Drew Aller, Jackson Smolik. I mean, like, you can see the organic development ahead of him. He's going to have time to get in the weight room. He's going to have time from a nutritional standpoint. He's going to have time to get reps. I like the path laid out ahead of him. Um, not a popular opinion. I think Hoss Haney is going to be a receiver when it comes to when it comes to Sundays. 
and I think he's going to be a hell of a quarterback on Saturdays. But when push comes to shove, I think he'll he'll be lining up in the slot. I think Nebraska's got the ultimate wild card. Like I I legitimately think this is a guy like I would not be shocked. He's big, arm going to the going to the right system. All of a sudden, like a couple of years from now, we're talking about him as a potential day two draft pick, Daniel Kalen. And then Will Hammond is just like love the individual, bigger than you think. And I thought you described it exactly, exactly the point with him is that I'm not sure if he does anything elite, but he does everything well. Who who is this? What did I write? Will Will Hammond. It's the Eagle Scout. It's my guy. Right. <laughs> you love to remind people that you're <laughs> Eagle Scout. I, no, I, I can't tell. Like, so many people have said stuff to me about after I made that comment on the podcast. <laughs> They're like, I had no idea you're an Eagle Scout. Yeah, I, I, I think Will Hammond, like, good at a lot of things. Not sure he's elite at one thing. But I think, does that not apply to, like, Jake Hayner, who was selected in – 2023 NFL draft in the fourth. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not saying it's like apples to apples, but no, I think a lot of people, you know, the fourth round is like a combination of like, I think, and I'll use this, the saints here as an example, they see starter traits, right. And Jay Kaner, but a guy that can come in, compete, going to make the room better. And ultimately, at the end of the day, if his floor is that he's going to be a high-level backup, they're okay with it. So, yes, I, I think when it comes to a guy like Will Hammond, I'll tell you this, like senior year for, for a lot of these players is going to be essential, especially like where, where they end up. Will Hammond, I mean, you, you take away any pre, preconceived notions going into the event. He had one of the best performances of any player in the field. Every day. Yeah, he was consistent, right? He was consistent. Like second most consistent guy behind Julian Sagan. Yeah, and we're like, yeah, we like him. It's like, I'm kind of like, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> you kind of look around, you're like, hey, this guy is was kind of in the in the top 2 to 3% in everything that we're doing. And it's just like, yeah, that Texas Tech guy, he's pretty good. It's like, eh, I don't know. He might be, he might be better than we're giving him credit for it, so. Anyway, can we, go, that's, can, we, can we go back to Grunkmeyer? Sure. I think he's just scratching the surface. Yeah, I don't think he know. He, I don't think he, he doesn't know what he doesn't know. I and mean, that I, like I, physically. I, have we pointed it out on here? He is working with Drew Allar's quarterback coach. Did we Have we pointed that out here or no? Drew Aller. Aller. <laughs> I, just I did not know that. Yeah. And I'll say this about Drew Aller's quarterback coach. You should go back and look at Drew Aller's mechanics when he was like a freshman or maybe even eighth grade. If you look at that video and then say, fast forward three to four years, that's the number one quarterback in the country, you'd be shocked. It looked like Drew Aller had never thrown a football before. So to give Drew Aller's quarterback coach a little bit of credit, that's Grunkmeyer we're talking about, right? Yeah. Both Ohio guys. I think Ethan told me he's the one that, that found the coach. 
and like Drew was a reason, but I'm I'm shooting from the hip there. I don't, gotcha. I can't I can't recall all that. Uh, on Haas, I think the term that kept coming up in the scouting calls, game is trending this way. Game is trending this way. Game I don't, is, I'm going to push back on that. I know you're saying that. I, I wasn't the one saying it. I'm just no, I know, I'm bringing I know, it up. I, no, I know that you're bringing it up. I'm just saying. Anyway, get into it, then I'll, I'll no, kind of get no. my rebuttal here. I'm comfortable with having him where he is because I think he can play another position. I think he can be a really good receiver, as you said. I think what I was impressed with coming out of there, his ability to attack the deeper third, compact, short, release, explosive. Now, this is a guy that's ran for 1,200 yards as a junior, first year as a starter, lost his first two games, goes on, rattles off, I think, 14 straight to win a state title in Texas 5A football. So I like that. But I will point out, because I wrote about this after the 2023 NFL draft, over the past 10 years, just nine signal callers that measured six foot on the dot or under had been selected, four of them. We're in that 2023 NFL draft. Bryce Young, Stetson Bennett, Jake Hayner, Jaron Hall. Now, one year, let's see what it looks like in 2024. But, you know, I think you could make that argument or you could bring it up about the, the shorter guys. So I, I just wanted to bring that up. That's that's why I'm a, you know not as concerned with him. I think it's a combination of, all right, dynamic athlete, could probably play another position, some shorter guys getting selected. I know. I'm just like, that's where the game is trending. Like, what do, what does that even mean? What are we saying? What are we saying there? I don't. I don't really know. Like, I don't even really understand what was trying to be said when that was said. Anyway, but I do think when you take a guy like Luke Cromanhawk, I think his game is conducive to the modern game, in terms of can move around, throw on the run. I think you need to be able to do that, in a lot of these systems. Got it. I just think with him is like you be you get around him a little bit. You're like, he's a football player. It's like when uh, Bill Belichick drafted Julian Edelman out of Kent State. And Edelman recalled the phone call that he got from Bill Belichick when he got drafted. And he said, I have no idea what you, you are, are. <laughs> but you're a damn good football player. And Julian Edelman was a quarterback. Right. And that's kind of what I think with Hoss Haney. I the other thing about Hoss Haney, he's already played receiver. This is like a, a, a clean projection. I think there's two ways you can go on him, right? You can go the Tyler Huntley, McSorley route, where there's going to be two or three teams that have a certain skill set at the quarterback position with Lamar Jackson or Kyler Murray. And they're going to say, you know what? Instead of us trying to play the game where we have to then change our scheme to fit our backup quarterback, we're going to draft the personnel that fits our starting quarterback. So we have that continuity in our scheme. That's one route. The other route is, hey, this guy's uber productive on the round, uh, on the ground. He's an elite level athlete. He's a sub 10-9. I think he's going to make an elite slot receiver, and I think that transition is going to be seamless. So that being said, I think he's going to tear it up. 
at quarterback for TCU. You know, we'll see what happens when it when it comes to comes to the NFL. The other thing, Drew, we have him at one ninety five. That's sixth round, right? Yeah. If you were trying to sell me at receiver, I could go higher than that, right? So, be interesting to see what happens with him. Can we say the, la- the last thing on him? Like, sure. if you're if you're in a dynasty NFL, definitely taking a flyer on him. You got your dynasty. I wouldn't draft. even consider that a flyer. I'm just saying, there's some people out there that are. I like, the, that I like are, the ROI on that one. Like long term, beat your buddies to the punch. We're going to take a quick break. You're listening to the 24-7 Sports Football Recruiting Podcast. Introducing the Two-Way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the Two-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the Two-Way for yourself at newbalance.com eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly. So there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. All right, a couple names on the outside looking in. And when I say that, I mean not currently in the top 247. LSU commit Colin Hurley, Drew, up from 89 to a 90 rating. If you follow college football recruiting, and that means you're 50 minutes into the show, I'm sure you do. Means Colin Hurley is a four-star now. Um, I'm going to tee you up on this. Just your thoughts about what you saw out of him in LA and what's next for him this year and what what is the path to a potential top 247 spot. Well, I think we all knew he was probably going to do well at the Elite 11. Seems like every time he throws at a camp this type of setting, he excels. Um I think what I didn't anticipate happening was him looking the part alongside the other 19 quarterbacks from, from his stature, how big he was, the arm and all that stuff. So yeah, we get him up to a 90, I think for him to get into the top two, four, seven, got to see it here on the field in 2023. Now he's already started two games at, at Jacksonville or excuse me, not two games, two years at Jacksonville, Trinity Christian. I, I'm not, as concerned as I once was about the reclassification. You think that's fair? For sure. I, he's, he's talented. Like there's no question there. And you know, it's, you know, we saw like DJ Lagway, he went from 55 to 67% in the completion rating. Just. 
And we saw that with Jaden Davis too. I think Jaden Davis was mid fifties, right? Went to 72%. That's the importance of a junior year. Colin Hurley doesn't have that, right? So that's really going to be the big thing to watch with him. Can he translate what he's done on the field? And this is a guy, he's an excellent dry ball thrower. Can he take the momentum of what he's built this offseason, bringing on the field? That's ultimately what it's going to come down to. I wrote that in my article as well, which you can find on 24-7 Sports. Who else do you have in that article? Uh, in terms of names, um, Trevor Jackson. Also, is is your is that a fire truck I hear? That is. I, I live a few minutes away from it. They always bring the noise. I'd be surprised how many emergencies there are around here. All right. Um, Trevor Jackson. Talked a little bit about him. Your guy, Timothy Carpenter, out of Ohio, going to Indiana. New name you got to get familiar with. Damon Williams, out of Arizona, going to Ole Miss. And there is one more, K.J. Jackson, going to Arkansas, who I feel like we just haven't you know, talked about that much. He's in my area, so I'm, I'm going to put that on me. But good little rundown on him. Well, let's talk about K.J. Jackson. <laughs> um, You're a fan. I am a fan. What I did not realize with him, played in a wing tee his first two years. Did you know that? Ronnie Bass. <laughs> Yeah, I think I did know that because I remember seeing him at a camp and him talking about that. Um, by the way, I don't know if I ever told this story. I think I did about KJ Jackson a long time ago. But one of my first impressions of him was meeting him at um, All Gas Showcase in Montgomery. And you're kind of walking out of the parking lot. You look on the field and there's one person left picking up all the trash. It's KJ Jackson. I love those stories. Anyway, I like that too. Yeah, you know, it's just like, all right, it's a little little nugget. Um, but big kid, big frame, right? 6'3", over 215, right? 215 pounds, multi-sport athlete. Baseball. Quick, compact, lefty. Like, ball is out quick. I don't know if you notice this. The trajectory on his ball is always up. Yeah. There's one other quarterback I remember that with. That was Brandon Peters at Michigan. I can never figure it out. And it was, I, I don't know if it meant anything or not, but I, I thought that was always just kind of an interesting observation. And then three-year starter experience, Drew. I think he's he's got a, a pretty, um, his win-loss record, pretty impressive over that time, right? Uh, I, I wrote it down. <laughs> yeah, it's you're making it's, me work right. No, now. it's buried. It's buried in our notes somewhere. I think he's pretty raw, but if you started following KJ, twenty two and four from the time that I've been in this, he's gotten better and better every time that I've seen him, and I still think there is a fair share of maturation that needs to happen at the next level. But he's got some physical tools to work with for sure. I like the fit at Arkansas. Feels like we talk about more and more, more and more on Arkansas, but throw into Courtney Crutchfield behind this big, massive offensive line. I like it. Courtney Crutchfield. Should I? Hey, I'm going to just add in that. Um, I'm going to see if I can pull this up, not to to go too off road, because I don't think this is going to be too much of a stretch of a question. But there, there was a question. 
from an Arkansas fan about Courtney Crutchfield. Here's a question from Mailbag. That's the name. Courtney Crutchfield was the second highest climber last update. Could he be a five-star and the fastest duo in the country with Isaiah Sategna? Woo-pig, suey, go hogs. Um, the latter one, I don't know. I don't want to get into that because, I mean, I, any combination of, I think, Zachariah Branch, Makai Lemon, or any of those type of guys, or, I mean, you could go Ohio State too. I don't know. Uh, Drew, I'm gonna, I'm, I might surprise you here. I think Courtney Crutchfield, like, you know how you always talk about, like, Brock Bowers' Heisman odds? Is it probable? Probably not. Is there a chance? Yeah, maybe. Like, Courtney Crutchfield's a freak. Has and he he's been? one of those guys. Like, I don't think it – here's the thing. We, we were saying at OT7, this is the guy that we need at the All-American. I was going to say, have they invited him? I don't know. We're talking to our boy Gus over there. Gus, I know you're listening. Get on it. <laughs> but he's kind of like a more polished Cordero Russell who, like, shot up through the roof for us. Yeah. I think so I, I don't know. I mean, he he would be one of those guys he'd, he'd have to – I think the answer is we'd love to see him in San Antonio. For sure. And if he did some things there, you never know, right? I think that's a great way to put it. Right. Okay. All right, you want to get in non-quarterbacks? That's a good little segue. Yeah, I mean, we're coming up on an hour, uh, so let's. All right, give me give me the tidbits here. A couple guys that you liked: Kylan Billyak going to LSU. He moves in in the top two four seven. This is kind of a sneaky get for LSU. I mean, where do they? Fi- yeah, where do they find him? Terrebonne, baby. <laughs> Probably like, where the hell is Terrebonne? Yeah, big dude, man. This is like what they look like. You know, like when you get into like the Jeray Jenkins, Brian Thomas type of dudes, you're like, where are these guys coming from? They got another one in Bill Yacht. And he is a big, long, freaky dude. And he's got his best ball ahead of him. So he he gets in the top two, four, seven. We're excited about him. And then Drew, talk to me a little bit about LJ McCray. Yeah. So what we updated, what, third week of May? So there wasn't really a ton of, yeah, we had the Elite 11 finals. We've had some college camps. We had OT7 championship, but man, there really isn't a lot of 2024s doing anything. So hard to kind of make some moves, but LJ McCray, late spring game. I've talked about him on the podcast and I saw him like two days after the update and I was like, damn, would have liked to shoot him up in the, in the board and then his tape came out from that spring game and LJ McCray from a measurable standpoint, and we're talking about defensive lineman at Daytona beach, mainland high school, home events, Carter, by the way, like the measurables are there. I, I remember I, at the under armor Orlando camp, I tweeted out a video of him and I, it was met with a number of college staffers going, who the hell is that? <laughs> Just off the, the eye test through, uh, through social media. Makes me a little bit concerned. <laughs> <laughs> like some, who is that guy? Yeah, that's, that's the guy you should be recruiting. Well, we all we all think they're fine tuned, well oiled machines, but uh, <laughs> they're not. Open up the hood, you'd be surprised. Not every, right? Not everybody is. Carry on. 
Anything uh, so, else? I mean, uh, this is a guy who initially, when I first heard his name, it was all right, LG McCray's this tight end. And I'm like, well, his tight end footage is not that good. And he started playing, playing, playing more and more defense. You didn't really see it on tape as a junior, you know, really just not urgent at the point of attack. And the question was, all right, like, can he turn it on and, and flip the switch? And I thought he did in that spring game and, and the tape backs it up. So he moves up. I, I think he's a bit of a projection, but man, when we talk ceilings and what he could be, uh, he's up there. So he moves up in the rankings, Miami, Florida state, Georgia, Florida, Auburn, all involved in that recruitment. I think he took four official visits. Auburn is getting one during the season. No, I'm sorry. Florida state is. So certainly a name to know. Um, and you know, Florida's sunshine state. I'm responsible for the rankings. I'm like, I need to get this guy higher than some other individuals. He's in line to get paid with that group. <laughs> You're talking from like NIL standpoint. Oh, for sure. Drag it out, young man. All right, Luke Reynolds. Let's talk about our boy. Up to tight end three. I don't think we've talked about one player more <laughs> than than Luke Reynolds over the last month or so. He's got We were excited about him. I think before and then when we came out to LA and we're like, oh, Luke Reynolds is out here <laughs> working out. And then we got to see him and we got the additional exposure points. And it's like, well, he's a, he's a four or five guy. He's a four two nine in the shuttle. He can, you know, he can jump as well. He plays quarterback. Nobody's talking about him. He's uh, like Penn State's next guy at the position. I'm all in. I know you are. <laughs> I went back. I think everybody on this show knows how you feel about Luke Reynolds. I went. He caught 13 passes during that seven-on-seven game, or games. Just crazy. Plays. He's got majestic hair. Moves well. There's a little bit of it all. Drew, final thoughts? Anything? I would say I'm looking forward to some quiet days on on the horizon. Any vacation not... coming up? Uh yeah, Granada, two weeks. Where the heck is that? Uh, we is invaded that it. We invaded it like in the 80s. Bottom of the Caribbean. There you go. You excited? I'm fired up, man. What about, what, are you doing anything for the fourth? Moving to Nashville, trying to stay cool, trying to get this golf game right. I'll tell I you what, I got married. Completely I thought you fell moving, off. I thought you were moving the, the 28th. I am. I said the 4th of July. What no, it, I know, what, I know what you said. I was talking big picture. Okay. Fourth uh, of July. No, I, I I don't have any plans. Honestly, looking forward to it. I don't know how you feel. Like you've been traveling the last couple of weeks, right? I'm just kind of looking forward to not doing much. Maybe have a hot dog from home. Celebrate this great country. Reflect a little bit. Just get ready for the season, man. Calm down. You know. So. Producer Lance is paging you. You have an announcement to to read off. Producer Lance. These are my words, not Producer Lance. Next week, we are going to have a modified schedule for 4th of July. <laughs> Don't worry. The following week after the week of July 10th, we will be going back to our typical Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday schedule. I was my waiting words, for you to notice that. <laughs> I was waiting for you to notice that. I sent that all the way back an hour ago at the beginning <laughs> of the did. podcast. You know what I should have done? I should have underneath it put like, oh, give me a thumbs up if you see this. 
then I would have known that you. Didn't I did see, see it, it but I'm glad know. Andrew reminded me because I would have I would have forgotten it anyway. So. All right, let's also let's also plug commitments Saturday on the 24/7 Sports YouTube channel. I think you're involved. I'm involved. Uh, what do we got? Ricky Knight, the third at 4 p.m. Eastern time. Florida State's trending on the crystal ball. Jaquan McRoy, top 247 offensive tackle out of Alabama, 5.30 p.m. Eastern time for him. Oregon, does he have crystal ball picks in yet? No? I think or, I, I, I don't know yet. Oregon involved. Arkansas, I believe, is involved. Handful of handful Kentucky, of Ole Miss. And then what's the last one, Lance? I think it's uh, David Polly Polly. Yeah, Pali, that's Pali. right. I'm correct. I think he's actually the first one. He's at 1 p.m. Are yeah. you hosting that one, Drew? No. I think I am, huh? Yeah, Who knows? Well. we'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. That's what we do. That's and survive, <laughs> baby. All right, boys, y'all ready to get out of here? Producer Lance, you got anything? Yep. Hey, Not just a modified schedule next week. Potential big day for Producer Lance. You want to yeah. tell us why? <laughs> Oh, yeah, Corey Duff is announcing today. Fingers and, and, crossed. And the New Jersey Devils have how many draft picks? We didn't have any draft picks yesterday, but that's because we traded them for young pieces to our core moving forward. And Tom Fitzgerald is putting in work this offseason, GM of the offseason so far. How many rounds are there in the NHL draft? Seven. 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 So you want to hear crazy real quick? So the NHL draft was in New Jersey probably 10 years or so ago. Now they have it where I think round one is its own day, and then they have, you know, two and three or two through seven another day. But when it was in New Jersey, it was rounds one through seven in one day, which is crazy. And we went, and we were there. We got there at like 11, didn't leave till like 11 p.m. Eastern time, literally a 12-hour day just full of – of NHL draft, but it was cool. It was fun. That's the way it should be. Yeah. I would love if the NFL did that. Dude, I used to sit in front of the TV when I was a kid when they it used to be, I think it used to be round one or round two one night. And then no. I think it was, it was never. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I thought it was three rounds and then. Didn't they do one through three and then four through seven? Through three. The I don't know day. what it was. It was like crack. I mean, I loved it. You just sit there, you watch it. Boom, boom, boom. Now, in a very NFL manner, every day is a you know every day is a whole production. But anyway, last thing on the NFL or on the NHL draft, did you see Minnesota's GM gave a shout out to Tootsie's on uh on Broadway? Really? What's that about? Oh, the drafts in Nashville. Oh wow! Yeah, and, he, and he's like uh, supposedly supposedly twenty four seven boss Adam Stanko was trying to give away tickets to the NHL draft, but no one in the Nashville office wanted to go. Are you kidding me? That's, that's why we gotta that's why around. we gotta get good people in the Nashville office, yeah. dude. No so, offense to anybody so, up there, but I mean how how can we not be accepting those tickets? <laughs> and and actually the funniest thing to come out of the NHL draft was that I don't know if you saw it, it was on Twitter, some like random hockey blog or whatever was going around interviewing people about like, oh, let's see your hockey knowledge because the NHL draft is in Nashville. And they started interviewing this guy who is knowledgeable about hockey and the Chicago Blackhawks. It ended up being Kyle Davison, the Chicago Blackhawks GM. <laughs> obviously the Blackhawks drafted and obviously the Blackhawks drafted number one overall and to Connor Bedard. But he like played it off as though he was just some random He was fan just walking he was just walking around. But it, yeah he was just he's like a young guy probably like right. 
your guy's age. He had like, you know, the hat on backwards and a t-shirt and he was like, Oh, you know, do you know, you know, do you know any NHL players? Can you name some in 20 seconds? And he ran through like the entire roster of the Chicago black <laughs> in 20 seconds. Yeah. I'd probably throw him off a little bit. Love that. All right. That's probably, we probably reached our limit on the NHL guys. We appreciate you listening to the show. We're at 96,000 right now. Hopefully by the time this one's out, we will be over that. We appreciate you listening as always. Make sure to leave a review. That always helps us. For producer Lance, for director of scouting Andrew Ivins, I'm Tagan. Thanks for listening to the Oyster Boys. We will see you 